Well, today what I'd like to do, we're going to, you know, this is the final Sunday of our, our uh, series here. Um, I would like to do a little quiz for you, a little fruit quiz to kind of help us along and, and uh, see what kind of fruit you're aware of as far as what these are. And uh, Ray's going to help us with this, with the pictures in the back. So which ones can you identify? And if you can identify them, just go ahead and shout out the, the, what it is, okay? We'll start easy and we'll work our way into a little more difficult, okay? So again, if you know what it is, go ahead and give it out a shout. First one is, go ahead, Ray. Thank you. Oh, and I also, too, need to say, those in the sound booth cannot say anything because they got all the answers, so shh, back there. Um, anyway, maybe some of you peaked. hope you didn't. All right, the next one. Apple. Yes, and for extra points, what kind of apple? Yes, Red Delicious. Red Delicious, very good. Next one. Yes, of course, papaya. Yeah, I, I haven't eaten many of those before, but uh, Maddie loves them. She loves those. How about the next one? Mango. Okay, we're very good, very good. Okay, we're going to get a little difficult. How about this one? I heard dragon fruit. Dragon fruit, yes, dragon fruit. That red and white fleshy stuff you see there inside, the texture is like a kiwi. If you've never eaten dragon fruit before, it's like a kiwi with a sweet flavor. And those little those seeds, it, it mixes well. The nettiness of the seeds mixes well with the, the fruit there. It's great eaten raw or chilled. It can also be blended into drinks. And it can be grilled. So uh, I know Mike, Mike Grimm grills everything. <laughs> so maybe, maybe, Mike, you can do this one too, possibly. Dragon fruit on the grill. How about the next one? <laughs> a strawberry raspberry, yeah. So, <clears throat> this is one, and I don't know if the Nishidas know what this is or not, or maybe even Laura Ice, but this is one that comes from Hawaii. This is, looks like a raspberry, but yeah, it's a, 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 a kala or a kala berry, however you want to pronounce that. But have you guys heard of that before, Nishidas? Okay, well, there you go. There's something to stump you guys. And anyway, but uh, yeah, and uh, it's much ra much larger than a typical raspberry, and it, it uh, balances kind of like a, the tang and the sweet sweetness, and uh, it's great for jams and pies. So, a Kayla berry. All right. How about the next one? Silence. What? Salmonberry. No, that's a good guess though. Not a Marionberry. It's a cloudberry. Cloudberry. Have you ever heard of a cloudberry? I have not either. Because it's found in Nordic regions. <laughs> like Alaska. And I don't know if um, maybe Lee and Rose came across these at all or not. <clears throat> but they grow on, on short, sh small shrubs that can withstand harsh weather conditions. So the Nordic regions. And it's the size of a raspberry. has a sweet and tart taste to it. Uh, they're... <laughs> <clears throat> They're typically served with dairy desserts as jam or baked into a cake. And in western Alaska, you can also find them mixed with seal fat to make an, an Alaska ice cream. Mmm, <laughs> that sounds so good. Mm. Yes, anyway, I don't know if Lee or Rose had any of that while they were in Alaska that time, but so there you go. How about this next one? <clears throat> what was that? Durian, yes, nice. That's durian. <clears throat> I've heard of 
uh, jackfruit is very similar to this. And this is durian, though. It's found throughout Southeast Asia. And this seems to be a fruit that doesn't want to be eaten. <laughs> it's the size of a football. Uh, jackfruit is like two feet. It's, it's much bigger. And, uh, and it's covered in spikes. So jackfruit isn't covered as much in spikes, more bumps. But these are spikes. I mean, if you try to pick one up and you're not careful, you could, you could have some fun with your hands and, and stuff. And it has a disgusting odor. <laughs> disgust. It's been compared to everything from turpentine and rotten onions to dead rats. Ooh, that sounds yummy. <laughs> I'll have a durian, thank you. If you're brave enough to try it, though, you'll be rewarded with a slightly sweet um, texture of, of, of the fruit. And it's rich and, and like creamy custard. So kind of, kind of strange. Kind of strange. But anyway, there's the fruit. How about another one? It's good. A rotten coconut, yes. <laughs> no, it's not coconut. What? A wood apple. A wood apple. Yeah, I'm asking, I was asking uh, Ray, and maybe the, maybe the caters can plant some of these in their backyard. They got everything else back there. They can plant a wood apple, maybe. But the wood apple is also known as an elephant apple or a monkey fruit. It's another fruit with a distinctive fragrance, apparently. Something along the lines of intense raisins or fermenting fruit. Um, you'll need a sturdy knife to cut into the wood apple because, as the name suggests, it's like an apple that's covered with wood. Yes. So once you're past the outer shell there, you can eat the sweet-tasting, multi-textured, as you see, multi-textured pulp with a spoon or blended into the beverage of your choice. Yeah, I don't know. That, that, that doesn't look that appetizing, but there you go. Uh, how about this next one? What? Whoa, who said that? Whoa, nicely done, Sharon. <laughs> How do you know that? Oh, <laughs> quiz. You've studied. Okay. Yeah. Cherimoya. Yes, it's cherimoya. It's, it's also known as a custard apple. And this weird fruit is grown worldwide, and it's native to South America. It has a sweet and sour taste, similar to a combination, and this is awesome, If you pineapple, banana, and strawberries. In one fruit. How did they do that? <laughs> the inside is a custard white flesh, which is, which is where its nickname custard apple came from. And this fruit can be scary, though, when you're eating it if you're not careful because those little black seeds there, they're poisonous when crushed. <laughs> so you got to watch. Hey, don't do that. You can't do that. And, and, and if the bark is injected, it can induce paralysis. Wow, that sounds like a fun fruit to eat. <laughs> Stay away from the tree, please. Okay, how about this last one? Anybody had any of these? Are you sure? These are called... It's a fruit! It's a fruit! My mind was blown when I looked at this. I got a, I got a container of cashews, I looked at that and I said, that's not a fruit, that's a nut! <laughs> But what happens is that apparently when it, when it blossoms like that, the, uh, the fruit part of it you see there is kind of like that, you know, that uh, object, <laughs> I don't know how you want to describe it, but apple-colored pear-shaped fruit, it pushes the, what is called the pit. It's the pit. It pushes it out. It's out there on the end. And that's the cashew. I did not know that. And I was amazed about it. I thought, well, I didn't know exactly where cashews came from as far as the tree or bush or what it looked like and all that. 
but it's, it's, it's actually a fruit. It's the, it's the, the pit, if you will, of that, uh, that fleshy fruit there. And uh, yeah, and the thing about it, the English name uh, cashew comes from the Portuguese name cajou, and it's also known as acajou, literally meaning, and this is funny, nut that produces itself. Nut that produces itself. So I never knew that the cashew and discipleship had so much in common as far as producing oneself over and over again. But anyway, the cashew, yes, that's, uh, that's really weird. You only see them, and you can't, if you're going to have them grow in your own backyard, uh, you, you don't eat them raw like that. That's awesome <laughs> looking, but it's not very good for you in that way. <clears throat> it's got some poisons and stuff inside that. He needs to be processed. And so, uh, yeah, there's some fun stuff there for, about cashews. Anyway, all these fruits are a result of the careful work of planting and growing and pruning and harvesting. And just as this is the desired outcome for any fruit tree or plant, it's also the desired goal of every believer. And we've been traveling through a series of messages called Rooted, where we have talked about a number of things. We talked about planting first week and learned about the four kinds of soil for the garden of our hearts, where the seeds of the gospel are trying to grow, which uh, they need healthy soil and consistent care, and so trying to make sure our hearts are fertile, ready to go for God's Word in that way. We talked about growing in the second uh, Sunday. It's not our responsibility to grow ourselves. That's God's job. We are responsible to cultivate a heart and life that is conducive for growth. And then we talked about last Sunday, we talked about pruning, and, uh, and we learned that we must uh, make a conscious decision to welcome God's pruning in our lives, joining Him in actively seeking out areas of our lives that He would like to effectively change. I don't know uh, how this last week went for you, but maybe, maybe you felt a little bit of the pruning God's doing in your life. Maybe you're finally allowing that and agreeing with Him that uh, these things need to happen. Which then brings us to today, and again, this is the final Sunday of our Rooted series, and today we're going to talk about the harvest. The harvest is what comes after the planting, the cultivating, the pruning, and everything else necessary to see the literal fruits of your labor. And God is the master gardener, as we've learned, and I trust that you all already identify, but with God being the master gardener, His ultimate goal in our lives is to produce a great harvest which through each person and for each person. And this is a harvest of spiritual fruit that can be developed in the life of the believer. There's, a, there's also a harvest of souls that will be a result of God's work in the individual. If you allow God to work in your life, you can be a part of a, a spiritual harvest in the world that will have an eternal impact. We have that potential, that opportunity to make that impact in the world. Everyone wants the delicious fruit at the time of harvest, but few are willing to do all that's necessary along the way. For example, our cherry tree in our backyard, we would love to see cherries on that tree. We'd love to be able to pick those nice juicy cherries some, some year. <laughs> we still have yet to do that. We get a couple cherries and that's about it. And we look at that tree and say, what's wrong with you? But what we need to do is we need to find out what is wrong with it and care for it. Uh, in the 20 years we've been there, we have not done that yet. And I guess, again, someone, I was given a, a pruning 
uh, it was a uh, yard working pruning tree thing uh, flyer. It was handed to me this week, and I won't say who did it, but uh, given to me and said, here you go. <laughs> it's like, oh, thank you so much. Uh, I might call them. But the cherry tree in our backyard needs pruning. It needs cared for. There's something wrong with it. It hasn't produced fruit. Are we willing to put the time in to help it and, and, and fix it? Uh, Probably not, but we want fruit on that tree. Sometimes we don't want to put it in the work, but we want the fruit, and we won't be able to harvest those things. But uh, and what? It probably does. Yeah, we only have one tree. Yeah, and there's that too. <laughs> so uh, anyway, we get a few few cherries on that. But uh, if you allow God to work in your life, you can be a part of that spiritual harvest and 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 work in it as well too, not just hope and wish it will happen. There needs to be that effort for us to be able to work in that as well. If we aren't willing to do the necessary things in our lives, how can we expect to have those things that we want to have happen, the harvest, be able to collect? How can we expect that to happen? We need to make sure we put in what, the work that we can do, Let it, allow everything else be left up to God, of course, that He's supposed to be doing. But let's take a look at the reality of this harvest fruit. What does this look like? What are the characteristics? What, what's, what, what is this all about? Harvest fruit. Well, first of all, harvest fruit, it's inside of you. It's inside of you. I mentioned Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23 last Sunday when we looked at how God prunes us to get the desired fruit He wants in our lives. And in Galatians chapter 5, in those two verses, it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such things there is no law. Now, a follower of Jesus is given the Spirit of God to dwell inside of him. The Spirit has many different jobs, leads us in a lot of different ways, into all truth, reveals truth to us, but one is, is to produce a harvest of the fruit of the Spirit. These fruits are, are, are present in the life of every believer, but they must be exercised and honed to become our new nature. We're so used to the old nature, what we've done before when we receive Christ as our Savior, things are different, supposed to be different. And we look at this list in Galatians 5, and we think, okay, those things need to happen in my life. I've got these things, somewhat, you know, and you evaluate, evaluate yourself in that way. But the Holy Spirit wants to grow those in you and increase those in you. When we walk in the power of the Spirit, then our lives will produce the love, the joy, the peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These qualities are evident to those around us and may even move someone to ask you, what's different about you? I just sense that you have a peace about you. Why is that? And then you have an opportunity to give them an answer. Let them see Jesus in you. Let them hear what God has done for you, how you trust in Him, how these things that they see in you aren't because of you, because of your relationship with Christ. And the fruit of the Spirit that they observe in your life is because you've chosen to submit yourself to the Holy Spirit and what He has for you and how He wants to change and, and develop and cultivate these, these things in your life. 
So questions like that are asked, and we have opportunity to answer them and help those people see why there's a difference. And the key here, of course, is to be walking with and in the Spirit, staying in step with the Spirit, as Paul talks about, making sure that, that as the Holy Spirit leads, you fall in that direction, staying in step. And, you know, sometimes just like when I would, <laughs> I would uh, go on walks with our, our boys out in the backyard when they were little guys, we, we lived in Salem, we had the area out in the back, pear trees, apple trees, and a big old gigantic black walnut tree and, and all that. We would walk around, and I'd lead them in different places and follow the leader kind of thing. And there would be times where I tried to trick them and you know, walk this way and go whoop and this way. And if they weren't paying attention, they'd continue walking that way. But you know, sometimes that happens with us with God, and God takes a turn, and we're, we're going, hey, oh, where'd he go? Oh, he's over here. That might happen, and we, but we get back in line. We realize, ooh, we've strayed a bit, and we need to get back in line and get in step with the Spirit. And when we do that, when we walk with and in the Spirit, then we uh, develop those, those, those different fruit of the Spirit as well, too. He, he brings that up in our lives and, and develops those things. We follow Him. We, we, we stay in step. And the Galatians chapter mentioned here states that human nature and the Spirit are in conflict with each other. If you haven't heard that before, then here you go. Uh, what you want to do, sometimes you don't. And what you don't do, sometimes you need to do. And you join in with uh, Paul in Romans chapter 7. And you go, oh my goodness, I don't know what. Who's going to relieve me from this? Who's going to save me from this? In Galatians 5, verse 19 through 21, lists the, 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 the fruit of human nature. And so this is what you have been, but in Galatians 5, verses 22 through 23, this is what you should be. What you have been, the fruit of human nature, sexual immorality, there's one of them, impurity, as you see in the verse behind me, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like and the like. So there are other things that are like this that we once were. Maybe not all of them, but we were once these things. Remember that the fruit of a, of a, of a life in the Spirit is love, it's joy, it's peace, it's patience, it's kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. See how that conflicts with the list behind me? It's in conflict with each other. To live in the Spirit takes courage. It takes wisdom. It takes discernment and intentionality. God gives you a choice. Here's what you should do. This is what's going to happen. Here's what you shouldn't do, and here's what's going to happen. What's your choice? What are you going to choose? Just like a parent, right? And with our kids, we've done that. We said, okay, well, if you do this... This is what's going to happen to you. If you do this, this is what's going to happen to you. What do you want to do? <laughs> and uh, it's most likely that they'd like to have good things happen to them. Okay, I'll do this. This sounds better. <laughs> God gives us a choice. The different things before us. And He wants us to choose wisely. It takes a heart receptive to God's teaching by preparing the soil of our hearts to receive His Word and put it into practice. It takes the appropriate ingredients to cultivate our hearts and make it conducive for growth. 
reading our Bible every day, prayer, those devotions that we have each day to, get, to connect with God and, and uh, be ready for what the day has for us. Coming to church, coming together like this, to learn together in Sunday school, in, in Bible study groups, but coming together as a church family as well, too, in the fellowship that we can have together. The worship. Worship is another key ingredient to all of this as well, too. Being able to come together and corporately worship God. And not just talking about singing, but we worship God in a lot of other different ways as well, too. Witnessing as well. And Mike's preparing a lot of you guys about that, too, in the class downstairs before church. Being able to talk about how, how to witness, what are the key things and, and the strategies. But the, the, the main thing, though, is being willing, <laughs> being willing to witness, telling others what God has done for you. And it might not be, you know, you have to have a script or whatever. It's just telling, what did God do for you? <laughs> how has He changed you? What's different since you received Christ as your Savior? And then you let them know what that is. Witnessing to people, testimonies in that way. All these things cultivate our hearts and make it conducive for growth. And it takes pruning, of course, too, to ensure that healthy growth happens in the Spirit. As I shared about the fruit of the human nature and the fruit of the Spirit, imagine several specific characteristics maybe struck, uh, stood out to you. Either positive or negative, I encourage you to make a note of those that caught your attention and ask God to prune or grow the fruit that He wants in your life. Another reality of the harvest fruit is that we reap what we sow. <laughs> we reap what we sow. Further on in Galatians, we hit another key passage pertaining to the, to the harvest in Galatians 6, verses 8 through 10, and it'll be behind me here. It says, The one who sows to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. So it would certainly be a surprise if, uh, if you planted corn and pumpkins popped up. That would be amazing. You'd, you'd be calling all news sources about that. Look what happened. Don't even think that happened in our garden when we first got started gardening, and we didn't know what we were doing, but we knew we put that seed down there, that plant's going to come up. We knew that much. But it's a natural law to reap what we sow. That's true in other areas, too. If, if you gossip about your friends, you will lose their friendship. We reap what we sow. Every action has results. If you plant to please your own desires, you'll reap a crop of sorrow and evil. If we sow evil and sin in our lives and the lives around us, we will reap in return the same. If we want to receive the things of God within our lives, we must sow to please the Spirit. We should willingly and readily sow love Joy. I'm going to say it again. So it gets in you. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Into all aspects of our lives. It's not easy. 
but we can't get tired and weary of doing good because it has an impact on the world around us. It has an impact on those, those around us, like a family. As a parent, as a grandparent, we have influence, and so we can make an impact in their lives. Our coworkers, we have an impact that we can make in, in those lives around us. Our friends, our neighbors. Weariness, though, sets in when we try to do things in our own power. Don't grow weary, which means don't rely upon your own power. <laughs> rely upon the Spirit in this. Jesus will enable you and equip you to be able to be the mouthpiece, be able to be the messenger of His love, and be able to witness to those around you. Think back for a moment to last Sunday when we talked about remaining attached to the vine. Portion, portion of the message there, we talked about that. And Jesus says in John 15, 5, which I shared last time, if a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So if you want to reap healthy fruit, you need to sow healthy fruit. And the best way to do that is to stay connected to Christ, to walk in the power of the Spirit. So what kind of seeds are you sowing these days? Another reality of the harvest fruit is that it is fresh fruit. It is fresh fruit. It isn't hard to distinguish between fresh fruit and rotten fruit, unless, of course, you have a durian or a jackfruit. <laughs> you kind of question yourself, is this really good or not? But in Matthew chapter 7, verses 16 through 18, Jesus says this. He says, by their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. So the point, the point here being that people around you will recognize and respond to the fruit of your life. They'll see it. And they'll either go, wow, how come, you, how come you're so peaceful in this? How come you are so patient in situations like this? How come you just exude love all the time? What is it? Or they'll look at you and go, hmm, well, not very self-controlled on that. I don't think I want to be influenced by that person. They'll know you. They'll recognize the fruit in you. Fresh fruit is delicious and inviting, while rotten fruit stinks. No one wants to have it. They don't want to have it at all. We, the debris bin at our house for all the yard debris and everything else, it has mostly been filled by apples because <laughs> our apple tree was just, and there's still some. We had blossoms come on our apple tree. Explain that one. I don't know. We're going to get another batch of apples or something. I don't know. Anyway. All that fruit, though, went in the bins, and when that happened, we had pear trees and some pears on the ground. So I'm picking up all these fruit off the ground, shoveling, put, put it in the bin. And we have the plum tree in the backyard, too, and that thing's dropping them as well, too. I'm trying to keep up with them. It's about done by now, but all that had to be put in the bin. So just think about it. Prunes, uh, prunes or plums, um, pears and apples in that bin for about five days. Open up the lid. Mmm, <laughs> yum. No. Awful stench, awful stench, rotten fruit, just stinks. Oh, the 
bees, yellow jackets, love it, but awful, awful stench. Rotten fruit isn't hard to recognize. <laughs> I can see it up on the tree as well, too. And the apple tree, we got an apple picker or a fruit picker and use it for pears and plums as well. But get up there with the apple picker and I look at the apple and I'm going, oh, nope. I can see that it has a split in it and it's looking a little old. So I move on to the next one. That, oh, that, that one looks good. And I, pick, I can recognize. <laughs> and I know I don't want that one because it's rotten. We don't want rotten fruit. If you went to Safeway or whatever grocery store you go to and you go to the grocery uh, fruit section and vegetable section and you look at that produce and you go, hmm, I want apples, but that one there looks brown. Hmm, no thank you. And you choose the one you want. You don't want rotten fruit. And it isn't hard to recognize rotten fruit. It stinks. It looks horrible. The same is true about the fruit in the life of a believer. If it's rotten, it stinks. Nobody wants to see that. If you read verse 20 of, uh, of that portion of Scripture, that Jesus says, Thus by their fruit you will recognize them. You will recognize those with fresh fruit. You will recognize those who have rotten fruit. So what fruit does Jesus look for? I thought I'd give you a little list here of some things that, uh, of fruit that Jesus looks for. First of all, I think, of course, the fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> fruit of the Spirit. And then that's just you know, Christian character. And it's described not only in Galatians 5, but it's also in the Beatitudes as well. Then there's also the fruit of the lips. It's the testimony and praise to God. In Hebrews 13, verse 15, it says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confess His name. So the fruit of the lips, what we say about Jesus and, and our testimony and praise of Him in Hebrews 13, 15. I think also, too, and a fruit that Jesus looks for is holy living, definitely. Romans 6.22 says, But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness. And the result is eternal life. You see, every person has a master. We do. We have a master. Either God or sin. A follower of Jesus is not someone who, can't, who, who cannot sin but someone who is no longer a slave to sin. It's a possibility of falling in it, but we're no longer a slave. We don't have to. We belong to God. We belong to God. And through that, we look to live a life that is holy and pleasing to Him. Holy living fruit that Jesus desires. Another uh, fruit that Jesus desires and looks for in us, good works. Good works. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 10, and we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Now, of course, good works do not lead, lead to salvation. <laughs> good works come from salvation. We receive Christ as our Savior, and then really the rest of our lives is lived as a thank offering. As that thank offering is lived, we do good works. We thank God for what He's done through what we do. And uh, one other fruit that Jesus is looking for, He seeks lost souls, one to Christ. 
lost souls one to Christ. In Romans, uh, first chapter of Romans, verse 13, it says, I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I planned many times to come to you, but have been prevented from doing so until now, in order that I might have a harvest among you, just as I have had among the other Gentiles. Paul was able to go on his missionary trip, and when he did so, he was able to go through and lead many Gentiles to the Lord, and he was hoping to do the same when he was coming to meet them in Rome, have that harvest among them. There's the desire that we win people for Christ. We need to let others know what has Jesus done for you so they too can have that peace, that comfort, and also too the expectation of heaven. Paul wanted to see some spiritual fruit, a harvest among them. It's important that a follower of Jesus remains connected to the vine and exerts the necessary effort to remain healthy and develop the fresh fruit Jesus looks for. And another reality of the harvest fruit is that we work in His power. We work in His power, not our own. Salvation is that process that begins with a profession of faith, but doesn't end until we expire. <laughs> All along the way, we're working out our salvation. We're working out living for the Lord, and we're learning more, growing in Him, maturing in Christ. Good news is that the work that is to be done in us is not accomplished in our own power. We cannot do it on our own. It's not our works, but it's His Spirit in us. And the power we are given by God is the, the fuel we need to act and live out the good purposes of God. God plants the seed by His power and our ex ex acceptance. He grows it by His power and our cooperation. And He, he harvests by His power and our partnership. Hand in hand, He does the thing, He leads, and we follow. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, it says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill His good purpose. Working out your salvation with fear and trembling, continuing to follow after God and learn more about Him from Him. Another reality of the harvest fruit is that it's all around you. It's all around you. The opportunities for good and evil are all around us. And the Gospel of Matthew describes the dilemma this way, Matthew chapter 9, starting with verse 35. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So Jesus looked out at the crowds following him and referred to them as field ripe for harvest. Many people are ready to give their lives to Christ. If someone would just show them how. <laughs> this last week, I was out there with the, the fruit picker under our apple tree. Thought I'd grab a few more of those apples before they came on down anyway. Well, there are some of those apples I just brushed up against just, just lightly. And the thing comes crashing down. It's like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't want to get hit, hit in the apple. I didn't want to do the Newton thing. And, um, Gravity, I know, it works. But uh, 
hardly do anything to get that apple off that tree. It was ready. It was ripe for the picking. Just had to just touch it, <laughs> and it came off that tree. There are people around us that are ripe for harvest. They are just looking for someone to tell them a reason why you believe what you believe, or what is it that I'm missing, and they want to know. Jesus commands us to pray that people will respond to this need for workers as well. The harvest is ripe. They're there. And often when we pray for something, you know what happens? God answers our prayers by using us. He says, okay, go ahead. Right down the street there. There's someone you need to talk to. Okay, go ahead. Next time you're at the supermarket, and that person's ringing up their food right there by the self-check. Maybe they need to know that uh, they're blessed, or you know, God bless them, or hope you're having a good day. Whatever it is, they're all around us, and it might just take a few words. It might just, it might just take being there, <laughs> being there. But sometimes when we say those prayers and we say, "Yes, Lord, use use some, send someone to help them," and God's saying, "Hello, <laughs> I think you're the one." And I'll say it again, everyone wants the delicious fruit at the time of harvest, but few are willing to do all that's necessary along the way. The planting, the cultivating, the growing, the pruning, to get to where it needs to be, ready for harvest. But we do our part, and God will do His. We have a role to play in all this, and along the way we have unwavering trust that it's all possible through Christ and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. We do our part, you better believe God's going to do His part. Just keep your end of the deal up, okay? And be used by God in so many ways. And part of that empowerment is that God wants to develop spiritual gifts inside of, of us that will cause us to look more and more like Jesus. If you haven't discovered your spiritual gift yet, then you're kind of leaving us as a church kind of hanging. And you haven't identified that because... As we come together and we want to move forward together, God's going to use you in some way. And if there's some giftedness or talent that God has given you or some just desire in your heart that you just need to do this, is it teaching, is it preaching, is it music, is it whatever it might be, you need to find out what that spiritual gift is in your life. So then God can use the full body of Christ to make us move forward like we should. But it's, it's important, if you haven't yet, it's those very developments that give you a purpose that's bigger than yourself and to partner with God in redeeming the world. Maybe, maybe that's too big right now. Maybe you need to start more locally. Maybe it's family members. Maybe God's pointing, pointing to some people in your life that's just right there before you. Maybe it's your neighbor. Maybe it's a coworker. It needs to hear about Jesus. But start to exercise and develop the spiritual gifts you find within your life. Where these gifts can make a, a, a positive impact, get involved in ministering to those around you. Don't just, don't just sit on the sidelines. We need everyone in the game. <laughs> we need everyone on board. Everyone ready and willing to be used by God. And if you're one saying, yeah, I'm willing to do this, but I don't know what my spiritual gift is. Come talk to me. <laughs> Come talk to me. Not, not that I have your answer. Yeah, okay, you're going to be a prophet. You're going you're gonna to be a mercy. I, we've got tools, ways of finding out. 
and being able to help in that way. But get plugged into the work of God. Don't just sit on the sidelines. We need everyone on, on hands on deck on this one. All hands on deck. So throughout this series, we've talked about some of the weighty realities of following Christ. Where have you seen yourself described through these last four Sundays? Have you just recently been planted and you're just beginning to grow? Are you currently in a season of growth and health? Or are you in a season of pruning? Are you, are you experiencing the richness of the harvest right now? All these seasons have their place in the life of a believer. And this is a process with a very real eternal destination. As we wrap up our time today, I want to invite you into a time of response and reflection, especially over these four Sundays that we gathered together and talked about, rooted. Are there areas of life that you need to seek forgiveness and help over? Are you ready to profess your faith and make a lifelong commitment to Christ? Are you ready to step into the fields of harvest? Commit to a deeper level of training, discipleship. Got a class going. It's been going on for a while. You can enter in at any time and be part of that. Wherever you find yourself today, please know that God sees you. He knows where you're at. He knows your heart. If today you're coming, you're going, okay, well, I wasn't really focused on it. Now I am, and I'm, I'm feeling, Lord, that I need to take a step here. And whatever it might be, spend time in prayer about that being honest before God in those things. He knows the journey you've taken and the trials you've had along the way. Some of you have had some difficult journeys. You've tried some things for the Lord and didn't quite work out. There's some other things that have undercut you when you're walking with the Lord and now you're wondering what's going on and you've got to get your bearings straight again. By His grace and by His empowerment, you can have a life of abundant fruit that you see 10, 20, maybe 100-fold in return. Just be faithful, be willing, be ready, be used by God in someone's life. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would just, Lord, that you just work in and through us to make a difference in the world. Lord, that you'd have... You'd have, you'd have your way in our lives. There's some here today that, uh, Lord, that are, are dealing with some things and they're coming before you right now asking for your help. Lord, you've placed seeds inside each one of us to grow into a, a beautiful harvest in our lives. I just pray, Lord, that you'd help us submit to your work in our lives, whatever you have for us whatever you're speaking to our heart right now, that we would act in obedience and say, yes, Lord, that needs to happen. And Lord, I pray that you'd use each one of us to further your kingdom. <laughs> Help us, Lord, to be faithful, available, teachable, willing to be used by you. Do the work in us, Lord, so that we can do the work for you. <laughs> Have you work through us and in us to reach others for you. Lord, thank you for these last few Sundays that we've had to be able to talk about all this. 
And Lord, I pray that each Sunday that we've been able, as we've been challenged by you and your word, that we've been able to say yes all along the way. And I pray, Lord, that today is no different either. Now, what you have for us today that you've tapped us on the shoulder for, that we pay attention and we do business with you. So, Lord, as that is going on, I pray, Lord, that you just continue to guide and direct us. Help us, Lord, to grow in you, deep with our roots, ready to be used by you, pruned if need be, and there will be those moments to be pruned. Lord, help us just continue to grow in you and be used by you in so many ways. Thank you for your presence with us, and thank you for your work in our lives. In your name we pray. Amen.